Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Chelsea, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to a continuation of our summer series. So this is part two of our Keep So Loan Youth Academy slash Loan Army. So if you haven't listened to our Youth Academy episode, stop right now. Go back, listen to that. Uh, or you can finish and listen back. I suppose that's okay. Either way, just make sure you don't miss it because uh, we went through all of the kind of top prospects and an amazing youth academy that Chelsea has at its riches. So thankfully joining me, we are back with the full crew. Dan, the man leading this one off, uh, you know, as we hinted at last episode, uh, we're on what page about 33 in the script that you put together. <laughs> it's a novella, not a novel. So uh, that's just the, the important thing. It's a, there's these distinctions that matter, Nick. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. The the script that Dan put together for the the notable youth and loan players that we were going to talk about is seventy some odd pages. So we're about halfway through. Uh, lots of research. Uh, as it turns out, um, Dan, there are a lot of a lot of players at Chelsea. So lots there, to there talk are. about. There are, and that's why we brought Joe Tweeds back again, and uh, he's here to uh, to chat with us about uh, you know Blackman to Abraham and every player in between. Yeah, glad to be on as always, guys. Ooh, I don't know. That might have been different than last episode. We might have. Uh... It's, wow. it's because I kicked it to him. It's, it's, it's different. Bit, yeah, because I've been bullied here, so I've got to try and change it. <laughs> no, no bullying on this podcast, at least not to our guests, Joe. But again, yes, Tweeds is is back with all of the insight as well. And uh, before we get into Jamal Blackman, uh, we just always, Nick, want to say thank you to our presenting sponsor for all of the support they've done for this podcast all season. Correct. WorldSoccerShop.com. They've been tremendous partners throughout the year. Uh, we've sent some jerseys to folks. We've uh, done some promo codes. It's been a it's been a hell of a uh, hell of a year with lots going on. 
so go to worldsoccershop.com, get all your Chelsea gear. 17, 18 kits are on sale. Uh, the new 18, 19 kits are there as well. Use the code LONDONPOD uh, and get 10% off. And, uh, and yeah, let us know what you bought. It's awesome. All right. So as you mentioned, we are doing the Lone Army. Again, not everyone. That is literally impossible to do in an episode. So we picked out some 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 friends, some some of the guys we want to talk about a little bit. Again, beginning and the only place you can. I will never get bored of saying this. The goalkeepers, the most important on the field. So Jamal Blackman, uh, been with the club quite a long time. So he is on loan this season. He's now 24 years old. Uh, Tweeds. We talked about Marcin Bulkup. Nick talked about potentially having a youth or lone player coming in to fill that third role slot. What do you think about that and Blackman's potential? Yeah, I mean, from a, from a squad building standpoint, I think the fact that we've used kind of three sort of foreign uh, player spaces on goalkeepers is, is nuts. You know, you could think about potentially taking getting rid of Eduardo and bringing in Mara Riccardi. I mean, obviously the difference in contribution there is is massive. So, I mean, that's kind of the sort of the, the squad building mechanics you have to bring into play. And I think Blackman particularly, for me, is definitely ready to be a, to be a number two at Chelsea. I know he is very, very highly regarded within the club. Whether he would want to be a backup goalkeeper, it's, it's obviously another question. But... I think potentially, you know, he, he showed on loan that he was a more than capable goalkeeper, would be homegrown, would be English, would be a Chelsea-trained player. There's lots and lots of pluses of bringing him back into the fold. It would just be a question of whether he would be, uh, you know, obviously happy playing number two. But I, I think Blackman is a, is a talented goalkeeper, more than goalkeeper, good good with both feet, good shot stopper. And I think he had, he had some success out on loan as well. He was a pretty decent goalie. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think for me personally, it makes sense to, to try and use at least um, threw up some of these uh, these non-homegrown spots with uh, particularly the goalkeeper ranks with, with someone like Blackman as a, as a potential number two. Damn, number two is uh, is a pretty big shout for him. I guess you know, obviously, I think that what's important as a goalkeeper, as you look at this, is uh, he has had seventy. Or I'm sorry, he's had eighty four appearances in the last two seasons, and that's massive for a goalkeeper. You need time to develop. Uh, and thankfully, he has gotten the minutes, which usually leads to being a, a good kind of squad goalkeeper. Yeah, I think Joe hits it on the head. I mean, you look at the fact that we're going to probably you know have Willie C here for at least another season. You know, he's kind of well settled in and, and he could potentially go back and be the third choice uh, with Jamal. And then whomever we get in, whether it's you know going large for Allison, re-signing Courtois or you know moving Butland in from Stoke. You know, the, the fact that you could free up spots uh, for you know other talented foreign players that are going to make a larger contribution. Uh, you know, Sheffield does apparently want to sign Blackman for a, a full contract and uh, and his uh, loan carousel. So I think that's the only other consideration is uh, if the club receives obviously a, a strong valuation for him, that maybe he could uh, potentially move out of being a consideration for that spot. Hey man, two and a half million covers a lot of that expenses, uh, and then you know potentially can move bulk into that. So uh, I guess good news is we have some some options. I would say. What's um, what's the overall verdict though, guys? Are we are we keeping? Are we selling? Are we loaning again? Well, you know he's not lighting the world on fire by any means, but you know like I said, if you want to keep him, I think to me and we've kind of said like the the value is he's homegrown and could do a a second slash third goalkeeper spot like a squad player in that sense i don't know if he's you know uh really been tapped up to to come in and make a big impact where you have more potential with a bulka to to see where he goes i mean that's where i'm at from a, from a verdict of if you can get two and a half million from him great brandon's selling i am loaning back to sheffield i want to see another season and then kind of see how our current goalkeeper situation shakes out there's just too much uncertainty right now for me to to keep him not knowing that you know if, if we're gonna have you know a, a certified number one and willie or or what the situation is going to be joe yeah i mean I, i'd agree with that and i think again you know what was touched on a bit earlier if for example chelsea do sell Courtois and bring in butland then that kind of takes care of that sort of uh you know the sort of non-homegrown players issue as well i think i think in terms of talent i think Rika is is you know immensely more talented than Blackman and I think has a lot more potential to be a, a number one so I wouldn't also want to block his pathway to, to potentially being a first team player but yeah I think he's going to be one of those players if we get a sufficient valuation he'll probably get sold um, but I, you know I, I would say you know the kind of the 
sort of inherent value of having him around as maybe a third choice goalie because of his English, his Chelsea developed, he's a homegrown player, all these sorts of things come into play. You know, I would I would only sell at the right money. I wouldn't sell just to get his uh, wages off the uh, off the wage book. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Joe. That, that all makes sense. All right, next one up we have is Ola Aina, 21-year-old defender. Uh, he was on loan at Hull City last season. Uh, made 47 appearances, which is fantastic since he only had six the previous season when Chelsea won the title. Uh, you know, Joe, as we look at his position as a right wing back, if I remember correctly, kind of at the end of last season, you you had cooled your interest on on his potential and his ability, especially with the likes of a Dujon Serling and Reese James in the academy. After playing essentially every single game at Hull City, uh, what do you think about his prospects? Yeah, he's probably the most frustrating player I think that I've, I've looked at in terms of you know guys who've come through the academy, and I say that primarily because. That right back spot is is so open for for someone to take it with the right ability, and you know on on his day he's a fantastic player. You know he if you were to build a right back he's the perfect size. He's got fantastic pace. He's incredibly strong, incredibly aggressive. But I think what I saw this season, and I think again a lot of Hull fans were were telling me was that it's it's concentration issues, it's decision making, it's it's things that you would want a uh, a player to to kind of have. Not maybe you know I think potential there's still potential for that to develop, but for him to come back and, and start this season, which is something that I would have liked to have seen, I think sometimes he's just he's a little bit too inconsistent in the mental side of his game at the moment. And you know, I, I look at sometimes when he defends, he's absolutely phenomenal. But then sometimes it's like, you know, you're backing off, backing off, backing off. You need to make the decision to go to the ball, and, and they cross and they score. There are some there are some occasions where I think sometimes he. He, he doesn't know what the correct decision is to make. He doesn't make the right choices often enough. And I think sometimes that, that can affect his game. So, yeah, I, I called him in a little bit. I mean, I did watch quite a bit of him at Hull. Obviously, they had a lot of Chelsea players on loan last season, so it made sense to pay some attention to them. But I still think there is potential in there. I mean, he's 21. So, you know, we're not talking about a finished article. He's probably got another two or three seasons. But I think for him now, the, the step up has to be consistency mentally because from a technical standpoint, he's great. From a physical standpoint, he's, he's about as close to, to perfect as a modern fullback as you would want. But until he kind of figures out the sort of the mental side of the game a bit more, when to do things, when not to do things, I think we're going to, uh, we're going to see a player who's, who's very up and down in his performances. So for me, in terms of a verdict, I would like to see him go out on loan again. I think he's, he's probably ready for a Premier League team. Maybe someone like Fulham who, who play football, who's come up. But I think uh, he needs a loan. And, and I think the focus would be on him is, is just, just to be more consistent in, in his decision making. Because I think that's going to be the big thing that separates him from being a player who could play for a top six team and a player who's probably going to have a, a pretty good football uh, career in either the Premiership or, or uh, in, in the Championship. I would agree with that. I think that the loan you know, makes a, a hell of a lot of sense. Hopefully getting him uh, into a system that... Uh, can maybe allow him to attack a little bit more too. I know that you know at times Hull didn't play the uh, the best football in the world, but you know the the concentration issues are, are well taken, Joe. That's like a really good point. You know, I think that uh, he is still really really young, so you know giving him a season or two on loan would be the best thing for him. I am going loan as well. I think the other thing is uh, keep in mind when we were talking to uh, Tori Andre Flo, it didn't make the uh, the final interview because the uh, camera wasn't recording yet. But we did talk about uh, the the youngsters who were at Hull, and uh, he, he didn't give the most overwhelming endorsement of how Ana's performances has been. So I think the the club is aware that he's kind of had some inconsistencies uh, within his execution there too. So. Uh, you know, definitely loan is, is probably the right option for him at this point. I, I don't think you could sell high or he's being sniffed at in that way and uh, definitely doesn't have a spot in the first team at this moment. All right. Next we have up is Jake Clark Salter, 20 year old English defender. As we kind of look at it, he, you know, played a lot of minutes in the in the under 18s, 19s in the last few seasons. Um, and then he's been at uh, Sunderland this, this last season. Oh. Only nine appearances. So, un- unfortunately, Joe, um, Jake Clark Salter, while he did uh, make one appearance in the 17-18 season, um, or I apologize, you know, back in the 15-16 season, he had been tapped up. Um, you know, to, to kind of be a future center back for Chelsea. Uh, I think he's kind of taken a little bit longer than we want, and, and it's understandable, I, I would say. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really fair assessment. I know when when John Terry was still at the club that he had he had kind of pinpointed Clark Sorter as sort of his natural successor. So, you know, that's kind of an indication of at least sort of how he was sort of viewed by by players at the club. And I think potentially he kind of falls into maybe sort of the Lewis Baker bucket where the club have slightly mishandled his development. I know, again, he was in a similar situation where he had a lot of loan offers during the early part of, uh, of pre-season last, uh, last summer. Um, had to be kept around because obviously the club had about 10 players at the club at that point and he was needed for, for training and was sort of kept beyond uh, the, the transfer window as well when he could have potentially gone out on loan. I think the, the Sunderland deal that happened in January was more kind of because they were the only club at that time who, who needed the centre-back. So it was sort of a bit more of a, uh, yeah, just sort of, uh, I suppose, more out of uh, necessity than, than really by design. Um, I still think he's, he's incredibly talented. He's, he's left-footed, which I think goes a long way. Um, very, very confident on the ball. He's just won the the uh, what's it the, the Toulon tournament with England again, playing uh, I think playing quite regularly in that. So, you know, he's still very, very highly regarded. I just think for him now, it's about finding a club out on loan. Maybe uh, maybe he goes into to the Bundesliga, goes down the Andreas Christensen route, goes and, and, and goes there for maybe one or two seasons, starts to sort of discover himself as a player because you know there's there's a lot of talent there. I just think at the moment he's he's been a little bit mucked around by the club. You know, he's he 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 needs to just get that consistency because yeah, I'm still pretty high on him, but I think yeah, he he needs a loan and potentially more than one season as well. He's definitely going to need a loan. Sunderland just had a horrific season down there in the champion championship as well. Uh, you know, Dan, when it comes to everything, minutes, right? Minutes are the most important, and the fact that he's only getting nine appearances across an entire season, it's just not going to do it. Yeah, it's not not good enough for his development alone. Would be a, a really great fix for uh, and, and and truly, Joe. Like we we need the double barreled last name uh, starting eleven, and so we, we're all pulling for Clark Salter here to uh, get get that opportunity. Yeah, he's he's definitely in the five side team at the moment. But yeah, we've got him. Obviously, Ruben Taylor Crossdale. We've got a few of them. So we, we need to uh, we need. Oh, to that's an Adoy, man. That's our that's our forward. Come on. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, another one, uh, a little bit more established, Kurt Zuma. So 23-year-old French defender, you should know the man. Smiles all the time. Happy, happy Zuma. Well, he had 15 appearances in 14-15 for Chelsea uh, in the Premier League, 23 the following season, and then only nine in the 16-17 season. Uh, This past season, he went on loan to Stoke City coming off of that uh, knee injury that he had, unfortunately. And just want to get the guys some minutes. You know, it's hard to come by at Chelsea. We've talked about the center back role being deeper than than kind of what we, we ever really thought it'd be uh, about a season ago. But as we look at this, Tweeds, uh, again, he had what I would say um, a, a bit of a mixed uh, loan spell at Stoke. And I say that because it, it's positive. 34 appearances in the Premier League, you know, 33 in the Premier League is fantastic. That's consistency, playing at a high level. The downside, you know, multiple managers and a Stoke team that ended up getting relegated. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one for, for Kurt, I think. You know, he, he was pretty much on the ascendancy, had taken Gary Cahill's place in the, in the starting lineup before his injury. And I think it's going to be one of those things that, that potentially we look back on um, as kind of the the real sort of turning point in his, in his Chelsea career because, yeah, it looked like he was completely in the ascendancy at that point. And I think this season, again, you know, we are seeing some effects of the knee injury. I don't think he's quite as mobile as what he was. Um, I, I still think in some cases there's a little bit of, of tentativeness in his play, um, which, yeah, which obviously I think we were unaccustomed to. He was probably one of the most committed players, particularly during that the season that, that shall not be spoken of when we finished 10th. Um, but I think going forward, I mean, I, I could potentially see um, see the club selling him. And it's not really a reflection of, of him as a person or as a player. But I just think that, as you say, we are incredibly deep at the centre-back position. And, and even, you know, when we go back to some of the younger players coming through now, we are stacked in terms of, you know, World Cup under-20 winning centre-halves in the academy. There is a lot of talent there. So I think he might be someone that the club potentially cuts their cuts their ties with you know I think again he's a French he's a French international you could probably see I think we we paid what 15 million pounds for him or something like that I think you could probably get a lot more than that for him and you know with the club kind of it looks like anyway at least trying to sort of reduce the wage bill trying to condense the squad kind of removing uh, a lot of this sort of significant loan army aspect I think Zuma potentially could be a casualty of that and I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Marseille or or one of the other sort of bigger French teams Leon, someone like that coming for him this summer 
Um, I think potentially the, the, and the club potentially would sell just because they have so much talent at, at centre-back at the moment. Nick, would you uh, loan or sell Zuma? Or are you even going to keep him? Oh, man, I, I really struggle with this. You know, I think for for everything that he's been through, I would love to see him come back to Chelsea and make a real impact. Like, w- you know, if you listen to the to the keep sell loan for the first team, though, the no, no matter what happens of transfers, you know, throughout the year and, and who we're targeting uh, to come in, like he, he's still a name that, that makes that list in terms of center back depth. And God, I, you know, you love the guy, you, you know, how physical he is, you know, how committed he is, but I don't, I don't think he has a, a starting place at Chelsea next year. So I think my, my best verdict would be to, uh, to loan him out again or to sell him. And, and I don't, I don't really have a preference either way. I just don't, I don't know if he's going to be talented enough, Dan, to, to make that starting lineup. And he's too young to just sit on the bench. Well, and if you think about the, the managers we are linked with, you know, especially, you know, you know, sorry. And the kind of the, the ump, the ball play, you know, where Zuma has been really exceptional and from, from a game standpoint is in the truly the defensive side and the kind of requirement from a ball playing perspective, the way that, you know, Christensen has or uh, Rudiger or, you know, even, even Louise, um, he, he's, he's not going to be near that top. And, you know, we need to look at, you know, using the first team and using our opportunities with the Europa League this season to really groom some of our, you know, homegrown talents to be, you know, in, into true ascendancy. And I think in that regard, Zuma presents uh, an unfortunate casualty in the, uh, in the as uh, Mike called it when we did the full keeps alone, uh, Chelsea's purge. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, sorry, happy. Very sorry. Yeah, he would be a tough one to lose, uh, but he's kind of in that crucial stage for him. He's going to want minutes in regular football. So again, I could see us getting a good return, like you said, Joe, uh, on selling him. And I don't think it would really hurt kind of our, our our squad and our potential. And again, I love the guy and I'll always follow him because he's an amazing person. So um uh, we'll, we'll have to see what they do. The next one we do have, though, is Fikeo Tomori, 20-year-old center back. Um, was out on loan at Hull City last season. So 26 total appearances, 25 in the championship. Good amount of minutes, you know, just over half of the games uh, he was involved in. Um, you, you know, Joe, uh, again, just talking to someone who has great size. I mean, looks like a center back. Uh, can really impose himself on a match uh, how do you think he did with Hull City, uh, and, and where do you think he'll land with or outside of Chelsea next season? He's he's a very very interesting one because I think particularly at, at youth level, you know, he was probably one of the best centre backs we've had play for us in maybe the past past maybe five six years. But I think what's what's potentially costing him a little bit at the moment is that he's he's so kind of positionally versatile and that he he can play right back, left back, and centre back probably. To a pretty high level, so it, he's he's often seen as kind of a utility player, like a 12th man. I think that kind of why he didn't necessarily start as many games or play as many minutes as he would have expected. Um, I, again, I, you know, I think he's uh, he's another player who's incredibly talented. You know, again, raw skill set has all of the traits that you would want from a from a Premier League centre back. I think for him, it's just about now establishing his his position as a centre half. You know, that he doesn't want to be a right back, doesn't want to play left back, and. And going to a, I think a, a better footballing team will suit him. I think again, you know, Holes obviously went through, um, you know, two or I don't know if it was maybe three managers in the end, but they definitely changed managers during the season. And I think what we saw was 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 lots of different systems and different tactics. And I don't think necessarily he, he adjusted to it as well as maybe others have. But if he goes to a consistent team, plays centre half, I think again he's another one that, that might be uh, someone who develops in, in two three years time. Definitely, I, w- I would send him out on loan. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, but I, I would definitely keep, you know, keep an eye on him and, and try, to, try to send him to a team that at least you know, attempts to try and play some football in the, in the championship. Nick, I mean, 20-year-old defender, still fighting to get minutes at the championship level. Um, loan, to me, makes the most sense, but what about for you? Same, same. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we saw enough to, to recall him into a, a first-team opportunity for Chelsea, so, you know, a loan... You know, maybe somewhere somewhere different where they play a different style of football would be would be kind of the best case scenario. Whether that's somewhere in the Premier League or that's somewhere 
in in the Bundesliga or something like that. You know, I think he could really benefit from just you know, like Joe said, locking down the position that he is you know uh, you know best at. You know, whether that be center back, right back, or left back, and and really getting a full run of games there. Not to say that he's not flexible and could you know uh, make a, a last second switch to you know help the team uh, but you know I'd, I'd really like to see him kind of lock down where he wants to go and then uh, and then see where where you know the next year or two goes with him because you know again I think he's one that we looked at last year this time as like a, a real bright star and it would be a, a shame if you know positionally he's so flexible that he just never makes it anywhere you know kind of the jack of all trades master of none type of deal yeah, loan sounds like a great great call for uh, Mr. Tamori. All right. Well, moving on, we have Lewis Baker, 23-year-old midfielder. Uh, obviously had a two-year loan at Vitesse, which Joe even went and watched him train, met with him, did an awesome piece on this. Uh, but more recently, uh, and, and Joe will try to leave the, uh, the politics out of why he ended up where he did, but it was at Middlesbrough for the last season. Only 14 appearances. And to put that in perspective at Vitesse, when I, again, get different level, different situation, he had 73 in two seasons. So, Joe, um, you know, knowing that you have a much better idea uh, of Lewis Baker's potential and, um, you know, situation at the club, where do you think the club see him being, uh, you know, at the beginning of the upcoming season? I mean, I suppose, first of all, I mean, it's been a completely sort of wasted season for him, which I think off the back of such a positive loan and one of these sort of, I'm not just calling him a pioneer for going, you know, going abroad and playing football, but for Chelsea, you know, for someone who's gone gone abroad and, and done particularly well to come back in the summer, and, and, and maybe not be part of the first team and then, then kind of have the loan spell that he had would have been incredibly disappointing. I think for me now, his, his, this summer and, and potentially the next move, um, I imagine it will probably be a, another loan move, um, maybe even a sale. I think maybe he's, he, he potentially, he's potentially someone that, that the club might be looking to cash in on, but I can see him again being someone that I think Jody Morris and, and Frank Lampard would be very interested to have at Derby. Um, Although I would be, I would be interested to see him uh, potentially under Sari and what Sari makes of him in that sort of Jorginho role, that number six role that, that Jorginho plays, which uh, I think would utilize utilize Barker, uh, Barker sorry, Baker's uh, really, really exceptional range of passing off both feet and his ability to sort of be that kind of sort of fulcrum of play, sort of deeper in midfield. So I think potentially, you know, from a style standpoint, he does have some uh, some traits that I think Sari would be interested in, but. I think from a, from a club development standpoint and maybe for the benefit of his career, he needs to go somewhere and probably just have another season of, of full football. Um, you know, whether that's a, someone like Derby in the Championship or potentially a, a Premier League team. But, you know, he has he has all the ability in the world. You know, I think particularly if Chelsea are going back to playing a 4-3-3, you know, that's the kind of the system that he grew up playing in and where a lot of his, the plaudits came from as a young player was playing in that system. Um, particularly in that sort of number six role, as I said, where his you know his his ability to find passes and break lines with the ball is exceptional. So, you know, he does have a shot, I think, at first team. But I mean, for the sort of the the the, the real kind of investment in 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 himself and his own career, I would say potentially that he needs at least a season of, of football now on his belt because of the season that, that he's just had. So, I would say a view to a loan, um, and then I think you know the end of that that season, I think you have to make a real decision then on his career whether he's a, a Chelsea player or whether you then sell him. I mean, Dan, this just sums it up when the at Chelsea Youth account on Twitter tweets, Lewis Baker is free after Middlesbrough announced <laughs> that he has been released back to Chelsea. Uh, rough, yeah, it, rough it, did, it did not help that Tony Poulos ended up coming in there either. Like that, that was, you know, you know, really creative, talented, attacking footballers and Tony Poulos are just not, you know, not a good fit in any type of situation. So uh, I, I think, you know, I, I concur. You know, we need to get him on a loan. I, I do think Derby would be really fun, too, to see if he could get a little rejuvenation from working with Jody again and uh, getting Frank's involvement as well. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's always a good recipe, I think, for uh, those two to kind of infuse some thought and training and, and technical thoughts into a, you know, a midfielder just seems perfect. I love that idea. It's, you know, I think in, in practicality, though, as we've looked at this squad and all these players, we can't loan everyone to Derby County. So, uh, you know, I'd be intrigued to see, you know, if he maybe 
you know, move somewhere else in the Premier League. You know, I think he, you know, the championship's probably not the level at which he's really going to succeed. So he needs to play a little bit more attacking, fluent football. Fulham. Uh, Fulham. Yep. Okay, so we're we're loaning everyone to Fulham and or Derby yes, County. <laughs> absolutely, consolidating okay. it so that way uh, Tor can go to Fulham and uh, Paulo can go to uh, to Derby, and we're done. And their lives are easier. <laughs> there we go. I I like it. Yeah, I, w- I would loan him out though. I want to see I want to see one one more uh, season for him and and make sure that you know if they do sell him, it's for the right you know kind of right reasons for him. Just. Yeah, so much potential left in him. I, I, I would, it, I want to see it come to fruition at Chelsea if we can. But the next one we have is Jeremy Boga, twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-old French midfielder. I'm getting so excited, I can't even get my words out. Tweeds, uh, elaborate on this one a little bit. At Birmingham City last season, thirty-three appearances. What do you think? He, he, he's a tough one to pinpoint because I think when you watch him for ninety minutes, you see flashes of of the sort of brilliance that I think a lot of people got excited about when he was in the academy. But I think he's, you know, he necessarily hasn't gone to the best team for his style on loan. And also, I think he's he's more of a number 10. And where you kind of see this 4-2-3-1 system that has like a central playmaker kind of, not dying, but I mean, it's, it's not as prevalent as what it was, I think maybe when he was sort of bursting through at the academy. Um, you know, he's, he's not really a traditional winger in that he's not going to kind of take the outside He's more of kind of an Eden Hazard type player that's going to sort of try and stand his man up and beat him and then obviously kind of play make off the back of that. Whether he has his level, you know, it's not really a question. He's, he's not really anywhere near that sort of a level to be able to do that out wide. So I think he's, he's, he's in a tough situation. You know, he's, he's an incredibly talented, creative player, but he almost feels a bit positionless in the way that football's going. You know, I think he, he needs, for me, potentially a loan. I, I could see Chelsea quite easily selling him this summer with a buyback clause, but... He needs to go somewhere where he can be the number 10, where he can be the playmaker. Um, but again, you know, when you look at sort of modern football, a lot of teams are not using these types of players anymore. Whether he can adapt to playing in midfield or out wide is another question. But, you know, I think it's for him, it's going to be about finding the right fit in terms of, of tactics and shape. Um, but I, I could see potentially the club parting ways with him this summer and, and selling him to, to someone in France, potentially. I will say the one comment I want to add is uh, I did find a tweet in doing research uh, from a (laughs) Sheffield United fan who was very excited that uh, the club were sniffing around Boga because he was roommates with Blackman. And his his comment was, I'd rip my cock off if we got him. (laughs) Uh, So there is at least one team very uh, interested and one person in Patty who is extremely potentially excited about Boga going to his side in a, a loan or permanent fashion. So there, there is some type of audience for him out there. I, I don't, I don't want him to go there because I don't want that to happen. So let's, let's make sure that he goes somewhere else. Yeah. I, I think Boga is going to, what's, what's fucking crazy about Boga is that he started the season as a starter in the first team against Burnley. You know, I think we, we all forget that. You know, he had a really good preseason, a guy that had a fantastic uh, loan before that, and I think was, you know, it was just an electric, you know, kind of low-to-the-ground hazard-type player, maybe a little bit more physical. Um, yeah, it's just it's going to be a challenge for him. You know, I, I, he's a guy that I've liked for a really long time, so I'm going to say loan, but, you know, if, if the clubs sell him, I, I think that also would make sense just given kind of the, the playmakers in front of him. All right. Well, the next one we have is uh, a bit more of an established first-team player out on loan. It was Kennedy, uh, again, completely stripping away any potential Brazilian bias that Conte did or did not have since we have no idea. Let's just focus on the fact that he went to Newcastle uh, half a season on loan, made 11 appearances. I mean, this guy uh, was their player of the month for one season. Um, he he definitely made a, a great impact uh, with Newcastle, I would say, Joe. So you probably don't even need to go that much more elaborately. But to you, I mean, in, in a tighter fashion, do you think that Kennedy is going to come back and be a first-team player next season? Or are Chelsea going to be very opportunistic and happily take Newcastle's money for him? I, I can see us selling him. And, and the main reason I'll say that is I think Chelsea, from a commercial standpoint, seem to be targeting a lot of uh, Asian companies at the moment. And I don't think that China situation with Kennedy has been forgotten by some of them. So I think that potentially comes into play. But the one thing that I, I would add is that I know that Red Bull Leipzig are 
are very, very interested in him. And they're a team that I pay quite a lot of close attention to. They're, they're very forward thinking. They have a fantastic analytics department, fantastic scouting department. They have this ability to find a lot of incredibly talented young players and develop them. So whenever someone like that has concrete interest in a player, it makes me kind of have a little bit of a second guess about getting rid of them. But from a personal standpoint, I'd love him to come in. I think that him in that kind of right wing spot gives you that kind of directness and the ability to shoot and just just a bit more cut and thrust than what we've had for maybe the past couple of seasons. Um, but I, I definitely, from a, from a club standpoint, I can definitely see them looking to cash in on him and, and using that money to, to buy another player. Um, Dan, again, I've always said this to me. He's an attacker, not a defender. And I think that if we look at our squad defensively, he's not going to get very many chances. Offensively, especially if we're looking at moving a Pedro, maybe a William on, there are some more opportunities for him up in the attack. Yeah, I think he he is going to be a domino that falls dependent upon what happens within the first team with Pedro and William. If William, we get a big money offer, uh, whether it be from China or potentially you know opportunity to move him to United, there's you know uh, opportunity for him to come back in. But you know obviously uh, Leon Bailey um, and a couple other players are being targeted too. So I, I feel like that this. The smoke's moving in the direction that he will not have a long-term future with the club and, and potentially uh, will we'll sell him. And uh, I think Joe made a good point about the, the China situation uh, during the preseason tour. Uh, not uh, you know People don't, especially now, don't have uh, short memories given the fact that you can uh, relive a moment uh, within a couple clicks of a button. So, yeah, I, I would say, Nick, I think he's uh, probably a, a good opportunity to you know make some money and uh, reinvest that into maybe someone who's even a little bit more uh, skilled at scoring goals from that right wing position. I agree. I think the you know the thing that stands out for me is we know he has a ton of talent, you know, but again, unless unless we lose Hazard or any of the other you know attackers that we have, the, I think the main question that we have to ask ourselves is, do you want Hudson Adoy getting those minutes or do you want Kennedy getting those minutes? And I think everyone on this podcast would, would edge for uh, Callum Hudson Adoy. So uh, I would sell Kennedy um, not because he doesn't have a bright future in front of him because he clearly has a ton of attacking talent, but yeah, I just, I can't justify giving him minutes over um, the Chocho train, as Dan so elegantly said in our last pod. <laughs> Just rolls oh. off the tongue, that one. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, as always, on all these players, a lot of decisions to be made this summer. If only we had a technical director and a manager. Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> Anyways, uh, next one up, Marco Van Hinkle. Uh, really, you know, he's been one that has, has been around to teams like Milan, Stoke, and now PSV for the last three seasons. And it, and he's one that people always say that, you know, why doesn't he come in? He has so much potential. Unfortunately, he's had the knee injuries as well. Uh, but Tweeds, he's now had 33 appearances. Captain PSV this last season when they won the title. Is this it? Is he finally there? For Chelsea, or has he actually hit his ceiling and found his sweet spot in the Eredivisie? I mean, that's the that's the million dollar question. I think for, for Van Hinkle. Um, I mean, I look at some of our midfield options. And I'm looking particularly at someone like Danny Drinkwater. I would much prefer Marco Van Hinkle in that spot. For me, I think he is a squad rotation player at Chelsea. I don't think he's a starter. Um, you know, someone I think before he got injured, I was very, very high on. I think he, he came in, he was very aggressive, good pass to the ball, had a lot of potential. And I think, you know, he's 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 definitely better than the, the than the Dutch league. I mean, he's he's scoring a ridiculous amount of goals. He's he's probably the best player sort of every other week when they play. You know, I think if he comes back and someone like Drinkwater goes, for me, I think I said he's he's an ideal kind of squad player. But you know, beyond that, if if a team comes in with a decent offer for him, I, I again I would. I would potentially look to sell. I think there are players, maybe people like Ethan Ampadu, who can step in and, and, and kind of have that sort of role in the squad. He won't cost anything. And in that case, if we're all about trying to raise as much money this summer to invest back into the team, I think Van Hinkle, particularly coming off such a, you know, it's, it's an excellent season in Holland. And I think he's, he's very saleable at this point. So for me, potentially, I'd be looking to sell him and, and then promote someone like Ampadu in, in his place, um, you know, in, in, in sort of the first team picture. 
Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think he's ever had a higher value right, than what he has right now. And if we're going to capitalize on uh, reducing down some of the the wages and trying to kind of manage this this loan army a little bit more effectively, secure better loans for a smaller group of players rather than have you know thirty eight, thirty nine players on loans with uh, anywhere from awful god god awful lewis baker loans to really really wonderful andreas christensen loans uh, but mostly mediocre i think this is an opportunity to capitalize sell sell very very high and i think that's uh, that's what i would do nick yeah i mean I, I was i was just saying i like him a lot i think that his his skill level you know is is premier league ready in a rotational sense like joe said but you know again i think as as we get into the next two players in our list you know the, the question would remain you know, as you look at our midfield moving forward, and there's no doubt that you know Chelsea's midfield is about to go through a major revamp. Would you rather give Van Hinkle minutes or potentially Mason Mount minutes, uh, or would you rather give Van Hinkle minutes or or you know RLC to to kind of become the full fledged uh, midfielder that he can be? So uh, that's why I would sell him. Uh, you know, fairly well. I'm sorry the injuries didn't kind of work out for him, um, but yeah, I think I would sell. You have to self-maximize to his potential. He's even, you know, been quoted saying that he will start the season as a part of Chelsea, but his future is very much up in the air. Look, there's there's no sense in forcing that. I think, uh, as you alluded to, Nick, because the next one we do have is Mason Mount, the new 19-year-old English midfielder wonder kid. Maybe just just okay. Over projecting, you guys just pull me back if I have to. But anyways, at Vitesse last season, fantastic fantastic time there 39 appearances in all competitions with 14 goals uh so much has been talked about uh with him and and, and before i you know send it to our, our vitesse expert tweeds um <laughs> dan torandre flo actually had some very very promising words about mason mount when we sat down and talked with him yeah, he was extremely complimentary of his talent and his skill set and, and what he's been able to accomplish at Vitesse. And you know, he had 14 goals across the uh, the 32 games uh, from one of the comments here, and then uh, he managed to fi- you know finalize the season at uh, you know 39 appearances, 14 goals, helped them you know qualify for. Um, you know, uh, European football, which is fantastic. Uh, it played a really integral part in their season. Uh, was player of the season multiple, uh, I believe it was player of the season, then also uh, player of the month multiple times. Just, you know, really exceptional talent. I, I think, you know, at least alone to, uh, and, and maybe Joe would have more insight on this, if, if Premier League clubs are sniffing around um, to see if he could get a loan similar to what Ruben did and, and get you know, full 70, 80, 90 minutes a week and really kind of help him then transition in in a season or two to the first team? I mean, I think the interesting thing and the thing that I'm hearing about him is that he actually potentially is going to get a shot this season in the first team squad. So I think, you know, the the, the success that he had out on loan, I think probably, you know, if you strip away kind of all the accolades that he had and the goals and assists, I think for me, it was the transition from, from playing almost like a number 10 role for Chelsea to being like more of a midfielder. And that kind of natural transition from from sort of under 18s or academy development football to first team, it's not always that, that easy to come by. It, sometimes it takes uh, players a while to figure out the kind of the positional sense. So for me, the fact that he, he's been able to figure that out at 19, make that transition, is, is, is really, really uh, a, a huge kind of in, in, indicament of, of how good he is as a player. Um, you know, you're talking about someone who not only is a, is a goal-scoring midfielder, but I think he, he also had double-digit assists as well. So, you know, when you look at Chelsea's current midfield, I mean, I, I'm not sure that they actually broke 10 goals if you combine all of them together in a season. So, you know, the one thing that we have lacked is, is definitely creativity and, and a goal threat for midfield. And, you know, Mason can, can score from outside, he can score from inside the box, he's a great finisher. You know, he, he is very much, uh, I think, going to be a midfielder that's in the Lampard mould who has that ability to to attack and score and be decisive in games. And, and that's the comment I, I always hear from people who, who are associated with the club and from agents around the club is that word decisive. You know, he has the ability to, to decide games with, with his range of passing, with his intelligence, with his finishing, with his goals. I think he's, uh, he, for me, is a really, really interesting prospect. And again, you know, if you're looking at coaches like Sari and, and looking at someone potentially who could, who could fill that kind of attacking midfield role that he has in, in that midfield three, you know, I, for me personally, I think potentially he could stick around and, and actually play. It might not be that he plays early on, 
I think, you know, as, as we move through the season, he's definitely the type of player that could could come in and, and almost be like that sort of Marek Hamzik type player that, that Sarri's had a Napoli. So, you know, I'm, I'm very, very high on him. I think, you know, potentially if you weigh up his season and, and Lewis is out there, I think Mason had a had a much better season than, than Lewis did and Lewis was fantastic out there. So, you know, I think Mason has a, has a real shot of first team football. My, my kind of take on it would be to give, keep him around in the first team squad, see how much playing time he has, see what sort of development he's making. And if he's not you know, kind of uh, sort of making significant appearances or contributing, then I would send him out on loan in January. But I, I'm kind of hopeful that they keep him around, that he, that he starts getting minutes in the first team. I mean, that's the ideal scenario, I think, uh, would be to have him back and, and, you know, kind of as a proof point to future loanees is like, you go out and show out, uh, then you have a, a real potential to come back and we're not going to mess around with you. You know, I think, I think bringing him back would be a, a huge statement of intent from the club and whoever becomes our, our new, um, you know, kind of director of football or sporting director, you know, to say like, Hey, we're going to reward you. You go out and have an amazing season and really up your game. You're coming back. And that's kind of why I would loan him out again, uh, which I know I'm, I just did the, the classic tease. <laughs> um, but the progress he made over the spell of a year, I, I would hate for that to fall off and, and not to disagree with our Vitesse and loan technical manager, Joe. But I think uh, I, I just I feel like if he continues on this trajectory for another year, it will be impossible to keep him out, you know, kind of, kind of like we're going to talk about our next player. Uh, so that would be my only call out is it, it would just be a shame if that momentum was stopped. So I would, I would loan him and, and just pray that he continues his ascent. Yeah. To me, just loan to a, a top three, four league. I think that's what we've always been concerned is can you, you can excel in the, in the, in the Dutch league, but can you excel in, in the English league? So uh, a couple different options on that one, but we'll, 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 no one is getting rid of Mason Mount after his fantastic season, which is awesome. Uh, all right. We're heading into the end here. We've got a few more left. Ruben Loftus cheek, 22 year old man child, probably not even a child anymore. Just a man's man, man child, English midfielder, <laughs> grown ass man, as we like to say in the Midwest, seriously, uh, obviously spent last season at crystal palace, uh, minus one little blip of an of an injury, 25 appearances across all competitions and two goals. Again, this guy just um, a lot of concerns, tweets about his endurance, uh, his injury prone kind of record and things. And he went out and um, he showed a lot of potential and did a lot of business for uh, Crystal Palace this last season. Yeah, I mean, I think anyone who's who's familiar with my writing knows that I've, I've been a, a really big fan of him since he was about 17. So, I mean, this is kind of, I suppose, the, the kind of the culmination of his uh, his return to Chelsea. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think what we're finally beginning to see is, is you know, all of these, these attributes and the, these kind of skills that he's had for the past sort of couple of years are now starting to, to bear fruit in the Premier League. I think he's one of the most foul players because you can't get him off the ball. You know, I think he was also before he might even still be sort of top three kind of dribbles completed in the league. You know, this is a guy who is almost tailor made for that left central midfield spot in a Sari team. And uh, yeah, I mean, for me, him coming back and 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 starting to to sort of maybe you know start consistently for Chelsea, I think that's that's going to be the real real first sign of uh, of an English academy prospect coming through since JT to establish himself. You know, he has. Every single thing that you would want in a Premier League midfielder, he has the size, you know, he's got the athletic ability, he's got fantastic feet, he's very creative. I mean, there's a, there's a clip on, on YouTube of a compilation and, you know, I think he's, he's probably been robbed of at least, I think between eight and ten assists was the account I saw at the end because of just Benteke, which is understandable. But you know, <laughs> Exactly, yeah. yeah. But this is a guy who has, has kind of battled his way into sort of uh, the England squad and has kind of shown Chelsea, you know, in the, in the past couple of seasons, I think he, he played 1,200 minutes across three years, which is about three, four games a season. You know, and then the fact that Chelsea have kind of held him back for whatever kind of perceived reasons that they have. You know, he's gone to Crystal Palace. And even, you know, Roy Hodgson's words, you know, he was he was kind of playing like a left midfield, but it was almost kind of like an inside midfield position because they kind of had a very condensed midfield four. And I think potentially that that's where he's going to play. You know, he has... A lot of creativity. He's very strong defensively as well. I think that the one thing will be just how he adapts to to playing in a system that obviously requires a lot of pressing. But you know those concerns about his uh, his his conditioning and stuff like that. I think we'll, we'll put to bed. He played a lot of ninety minutes back to back, and 
you know, I think people still forget that this is really his first season in, in adult football that he's played. You know, he's been at Chelsea for a number of years, but he's not really been a, a, a true first-team squad member. So, you know, after one season, the development that he's shown from when he went there to when he left, I'm thinking now under a, a potential manager, someone like Sarri or even Blanc, you know, someone who could really, really develop him and add more to his game that we're looking at potentially, you know, with his, with his raw skills. And again, leaning on sort of what Roy Hodgson says, one of the most talented English players that, that we're going to see. And I'm, I'm really, really hopeful that he comes back and plays. I think he's earned the right now to have, have the, the starting, uh, starting role. And the question I'd ask a lot of people was, you know, if you were going, uh, looking at an, an English talent of his stature and calibre going into the World Cup, what kind of money would you spend on trying to bring him in? I know Manchester City have been looking him. I know uh, Jurgen Klopp is a very, very, very big fan of his as well. So, you know, the club have, have got to play this right now. He's, he's of interest to a lot of clubs. I think, uh, you know, his, his skill set is now starting to be appreciated. You know, you can see him always being picked up by, by pundits and stuff like that, the way he plays. Um, and yeah, I think now is now's the right time for him to come back and, and show everyone at Chelsea exactly, you know, exactly how good he is. Um, and, and hopefully, I, I really do think that he can cement that left, that left central midfield position um, and, and, and make it his own. Because, yeah, you know, this is a guy who's been at Chelsea since a very, very young age. He's a, he's a huge Chelsea fan. All he's wanted to do is, is play for Chelsea. Um, and hopefully now he gets the opportunity. He's gone away. He's done his apprenticeship. He's shown everyone how talented he is. He's made the England squad. He's in the World Cup. I think now now's the time that he comes back and, uh, and, and pays that back to Chelsea as well. Yeah, I just want to see him unleashed. You know, I think that's the for everything and, and you just gave the the best synopsis that i've heard joe but you know, i think for everything else you just want to see this guy feel like he has the confidence of a team in him like he did at palace and just let him go and you know there, I, of course there will be stuff in his game that he has to work on and of course you know he's going to get better he's only 22 but god i just want to see him you know, I just want to see him go and I just want to see him have that confidence to take it on and, and, and run with it. And, you know, I, I sincerely, sincerely hope that he gets that this year at Chelsea and that we're able to have yet another proof point of, you know, when our when our academy brings through the best players, those best players are good enough for this first team and they are going to star for for years to come. And uh, and yeah, so that's my hope, Dan, is that he gets that chance. Well, and if we promote him, if we want to go spend, you know, a hundred million pounds on a star player, like this is where the academy solution and the loan situation should, you know, pay dividends is that we can put him in and he would have an evaluation of 40, 50 million pounds to go to another side. We can take the money that we've put into that, reinvest it into another star player in a position of need. Uh, and, and then you've really, you know, had two pluses versus having kind of a minus of you know now need to go find another drink water or Barkley to be rotational which is just you know absolutely asinine like this is you know should be the solution for the squad and truly filling out a Chelsea team for the future I think that you're gonna struggle to find too many other players in the England full men's senior world cup roster that aren't starters are playing significant minutes for the club so i think that just goes to show you how highly regarded ruben is so again not only a keep but a start from this team all right which is that's a that's a massive compliment by the way from where i think he was this time last year so that just shows how great he he was on loan well it helps when you finally have a position on a team so <laughs> Anyways, Tammy Abraham is the last one that we have on this one. A 20-year-old English forward at Swansea this past season after previously crushing the championship at Bristol City. So 37 total appearances with eight goals this season for the Swans. Um, Tweeds, the way we look at it, uh, our, our forward line is probably something that will be shaken up quite a bit. And I'm sure now that Tammy has tasted uh, quite a few Premier League minutes, he is going to do everything in his power to make sure he is at a team that he can get those minutes. So what do you think, Chelsea, you're going to do uh, with this up-and-coming striker? I mean, I think a lot of what's going to happen with him will, will be dictated by what happens with Batshuayi, Morata, etc. Um Personally, I, I see him as someone he would want to come back to the club. And I think probably, you know, sort of hearing his personality, I think he would accept playing maybe like a second or, or like a third sort of string role, getting minutes in Cups and, and Europa League, etc. Um, in that respect. So maybe maybe he's kept around 
the sort of a, a third forward. I mean, ideally, I would like to see him go to a team that actually, you know, gets the ball to a striker so that he can score goals. You know, one in one in four, roughly, for, for Swansea isn't necessarily the worst stat considering just how bad they were pretty much all season. So if he goes to a team that, that's more likely to to play to his strengths, um, you know, he's a, he's a penalty box striker, he's a poacher, he's a little bit like a... Uh, sort of very gangly version of Diego Costa in that he's, you know, he's a penalty box player. Um, good pace, not good and a good finisher. Um, potentially again, I, I see him a little bit like Blackman in that I would have him, I would have him around in the squad because I think he would be a good sort of rotation option. Maybe one person that I think if he was playing in a Chelsea team, getting the sort of chances that we, we can create would be quite good because he's a very good finisher. But you know, again, one of these for the sort of good of his career, I think a, a season at a pretty decent Premier League club maybe someone sort of between 6th and 10th or 6th and 12th, that sort of position. I think, uh, yeah, if he goes out a season and has like a 15, 20-goal season, then I think he comes back the following season and plays a little bit more of a part. But it's, I think it's really going to be, be dictated on, on the striker situation. If both Morata and uh, Batshuayi get sold, for example, and we bring in another forward, he may be the third-choice striker um, behind Giroud and whoever's going to be leading the line. Um, if not, I can see him going out on loan. I definitely wouldn't sell him at this point because I think there's a... You know, there's a there's a lot of goals in there in him in the Premier League, and they're they're quite hard to buy. I think we saw that last season, one of our lowest scoring seasons in the Premier League for a very long time. So, I wouldn't dismiss someone who who has the ability to score. But I think you know the, the best case scenario, if he stays around in his third choice, he might find himself. If not, I think potentially that he's uh, he's definitely someone that needs to go on loan. But we we need to consider the club because sending him to Swansea as a striker was was just a death sentence. Yeah, and that, and that's I guess kind of where I would look at maybe you know I hate to bring up the Bundesliga every time I talk about a loan, but I just feel like the the style of football would be good enough, or maybe Italy, some something that would kind of get him out of his comfort zone a little bit, and maybe playing a little bit better football uh, would would be a good solution for him. I just I would hate to see kind of like like Ruben had uh, a couple of seasons back that he gets like two or three appearances and just kind of waste away you know not playing first team football not not getting real chances um you know I, I think the Europa League would be a decent opportunity for him but not great and so that's that's my fear with Tammy is I think he does have potential to be a a uh, um certainly a striker at Chelsea um depending on who we bring in and, and all this stuff but but man I would really like to see him go out and have a really fun attacking loan that he can um, really express himself and, and give give us pause to think this time next year whether or not he should be starting for Chelsea or not. That's that's kind of how I feel, Dan. Yeah, it's going to be tough for him too because he's coming back in expected to potentially be you know a third choice option or rotational. And you know we talked on the last episode about you know other kind of attacking or forward players that are coming up in the ranks and i feel like he's going to get caught in this inflection point where if he doesn't have a really successful either loan or uh, return to the club that you know he might be again just kind of a, a casualty of where the club is heading and you know if someone is willing to offer you know a decent amount for a young talent because uh, he clearly did you know very very well for uh, bristol that uh, you know he might be one that uh, you know could potentially get moved on. I mean he does have a, a long term left in his contract too. So I mean there's always the option to uh, sell and, and institute a buyback situation. But uh, I, I just I, I'm I'm worried that he potentially is going to get caught in a, a transitionary period and not get the uh, get the right looks in the first team. To me, I mean it's just got to be alone. He's got to keep that consistency up of getting opportunities and chances to play. He can't go off of a successful time at Bristol, uh, a decent time in the Premier League, and then drop off again. So, uh, again, it's a momentum play. Dan talks about transition. Uh, You need established professionals during a transition so that way he's not left out to dry and and kind of left behind. So, again, strong loan for me uh, is where I'm at. So, like I said, that that is it for our our loan army. Again, we we cherry-pick some players. If you want us to go back and do more youth, more loan players, you just got to let us know and we'll dial up tweeds again and, and we'll do it all over. So again, Joe, thank you so much for the double episode this week. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Oh, brilliant. That's it. Always, always. Short. There, there's, 
there's that consistency we were lacking. I love it. Awesome. Well, anyways, Chelsea fans, uh, we're going to keep on keeping on this summer. Keep If you have ideas, feel free to shoot them our way. Otherwise, uh, you know, we'll just find something else to do the following week like we always do. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. If you don't want the conversation to stop, Make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes or donate on Patreon.com. The London is Blue podcast, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com.